Hey, everybody, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. We're your hosts, Shelby, the hobby guru and most effervescent player in 40K. Interesting. That's a good one. uh, Your competitive correspondent. Um, You'll note the lack of our uh, lovely chief of serial kicker. Uh, our FLG insider. He is uh, wandering the desert, as is his summer tradition. Um, and by that, we mean he does not have enough Wi-Fi to join us this evening. So uh, we'll, we'll soldier on with him. Shelby, what have you been up to? Uh, I haven't been up to a lot, just dealing with ever-present anxiety and trying not to let the existential dread set in. Don't let the existential dread set in. And that's pretty much it. Other than having a floating head above my own head, I guess to replace Kicker, it's just permanent now. I think it's to remind us that Val's always watching. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> Seth, uh, I, I can, I'm pretty sure I can guess what you've been up to, but why don't you tell me anyways? Um, I've had a very, uh, very busy uh, couple of days. I uh, helped with the shout casting and the uh, table bossing for LSO. So that was an experience. I really enjoyed that, actually. Um, uh, I've been, of course, building a boatload of orcs. So many orcs. I've, I've spent too much money, guys. It's really bad. Um, but I got... I have, I'm, I, I might have, question. I might have acquired about a thousand dollars in orcs. Oh God, dang, dude! I already owned everything God. before this. I know. So, um, been writing this like a fool because my list was due like today for Charity Hammer, um, and painting constantly trying to get things ready for that list. But I actually, before we get going, I did want to pose a question to the audience. Um, after this weekend, I had like an, an, a growing urge to be more involved with the shout casting. So I'm considering actually dropping from some of the major events that I'm signed up to go to in the future to help out with that. So what does the community want me to do? Does the community want me to help with the shout casting? Does the community want me to play? Let me know, guys. I'd, I'd appreciate that. Um, I mean, I but- have a personal answer, but only if it means shout casting is literally you just shouting into a microphone because that sounds pretty fun to listen to. I mean, Chuck did shout cast literally on Friday and, and there was oh. like, what's that screeching in the background? I'm like, that's my bird. Sorry, it's just folks. a cockatoo. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Shelby, you want to take us in the GW news? Yeah, I suppose I can. This is going to be interesting, guys. Uh, Without our poor kicker, we have divided up some of what he would normally cover. Um, So I'm going to not probably display it with as much zeal as he normally would. Uh, And I'm going to try and remember to breathe, as some of you also remind me to do occasionally. So uh, you guys saw the Beast Snagger release that was pretty limited. Uh, Hopefully you got one. Raise your hand if you did. I'm I'm totally lying. I didn't get one. Yeah. I just wanted to try and mess with. Wait, you got how many? Four. I got four. Yep. Yeah, welcome okay. to how I spent a thousand dollars, people. I guess, like mathematically, that works out. But I didn't think that it was all beast nagas. Anyways, mostly beast nagas. Um, in addition to that beautiful limited release, I'm sure that you guys picked up on uh, the Grey Knights Thousand Suns box. I am super excited for it. But I just really hope that means their their codexes are on the horizon. I yeah. really it's got to right. Yeah, I mean it's it, their codex was due out a while ago because they had new yeah. points in chapter approved that were supposed to be for the new codex. So they're yeah. So we're we're hoping to see those codexes come out with the box. Um, fingers crossed. Here's, here's hoping and dragons. I'm so, dragons I'm crossed so, too. I'm so absurdly excited about dragons, mostly because those models are absolutely amazing. Um, I just, I, I'm trying really hard to tell myself not to just buy a dragon because the dragons look cool. Um, I, why, I have no why, use for one. <laughs> Shelby, how many models do you have that you have no use for? Honestly, only like two. 
Shelby. What? I'm Don't serious. Lie to the internet. I'm not, I'm not. I'm I'm legitimately you, building a zinch army. I have a use for the Lord of Change. I'm serious. All right. Anyways, my hope is that they release a Chaos Dragon because we know those exist. So maybe that'll rules for a Chaos isn't, Dragon or one isn't in Archeon itself. Archeon already on a Chaos Dragon? Oh, look at how look how pretty that, that boy is. Oh, he gorgeous. Um, is that like I mean like but he's like a dude, right? Just I don't mean, sculpt him on there. Just put the just, dragon just on there. Dish the dragon by itself. Yeah. Um, look at that pretty enough. face. How do you how do you say no to that? I don't think I do. God, they're so gorgeous. Good grief. Yeah, um, so AOS, we, we AOS getting some great models. Yeah, I mean, like, I try not to buy into the whole AOS definitely gets better sculpts than 40K does, but it's it's yeah, so it's true. Not even, it's not Unequivocally, even close. Not close. Not even close. Um, Look at that thing. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just because they, with AOS, they have given themselves so much room narratively that they can do whatever they want. Like... If you completely, you know, they changed the orc aesthetic, just snapped the fingers and said, there's a new group of orcs. They're called cruel boys. We can do a whole new aesthetic. Yeah. Like they, they, a lot of factions, like you can build new Marine models, but they still have to look kind of like old Marines to fit in. So, you know, they were just like, we can do whatever we want in AOS. We can make it all up. It's, there's not established lore. Let's go. Uh, the freedom, the freedom. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to. I mean, or at least several huge things to look forward to in the near future. Um, angry dragon boy. Definitely just going to buy a dragon just because. Anyway, Seth, what are you going to do with the, some some FLG news for us? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm playing the part of kicker tonight. I will uh, endeavor to speak as fast as I can. I'm a little slow tonight, though, guys. I'm on a lot of drugs right now. Uh, today was an interesting day for me. So legal drugs, legal drugs for clarification purposes. He almost died. Yeah, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so uh, it was a very successful LSO. Uh, they uh, really enjoyed doing it. Um, they will be doing LSO again. So if you're in the Texas area or you enjoyed it, they will be doing it again. Apparently, the Bucket O beers were super popular. Oh, and God. food in the hall was well appreciated. I can see why. Here, Shelby, would you like cheap beer and food all day while you play 40K? Yeah, that sounds pretty great. I wasn't sure how the buckets of beer were going to go. So, like, was it they just like, popular or were people trashed? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I really Rick, Richard, know. our producer that you can't hear in the background, were people trashed? He said people were perfect. I Everyone really don't believe behaved. you. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. No one regretted life decisions the next morning. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, very positive reception in terms of player place terrain. Um, so I imagine we will probably be seeing that going forward. I'm really anxious to try it out myself um, with their system and see how it feels because I think that that sounds like um, maybe what we'll be seeing a lot in the future out of FLG. Um, the next event is the Las Vegas team tournament, which is the end of September, which I will be going to. I am signed up for a team for that. So I will be there playing the Orcs. Uh, tickets go on sale this Friday noon Pacific Standard Time for the SoCal Open. So if you are interested in SoCal, get your tickets because they're going to go fast. Um, and it's a nice time of year. It's October, I believe. I could be totally wrong about that because I don't have the information in front of me. But I've always heard great things about SoCal because you can walk out of the venue and be on the beach. Um, also, the art for this for SoCal in particular, that t-shirt art or whatever it's going to be, looks super cool. It's yeah. is, that a, is that a Dark Eldar surfing? I'm... Potentially, yes. I it's it's I couldn't tell who it was, but it's a it's a beautiful lady dressed in armor surfing. It's pretty great. Um, Shelby, yeah. why don't you get us into the FLGN news? I suppose I could. Um, so a few things that you guys can tune into from this past week, if you would like. Um, Colin Sherman and 
yet again, Seth, we're on Grim After Dark. I'm beginning to feel a little betrayed. Uh, I don't want to share. And this is your show. And you should stop going over there. I said it, John and Danny. I said it. There. I, I was playing Discount Danny. Oh, well, I mean... First of all, you're no discount, Danny. Uh, second of all, uh, if you really do want to tune in, Colin Sherman gave us the 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 what's what on Charity Hammer, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Um, and you can see Seth on Grim After Dark as well. Um, Lone Star happened, as you guys are aware. Um, thank you guys. I just I mostly just wanted to throw this in there, and I know we've mentioned it once already, but thank you guys so much who made the streaming and the live reports possible. They were really popular. You crushed it, Seth. You crushed it. Richard, you crushed it. Wherever you are, omnipresent Richard. Uh, Val, everybody did a great job. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guys can still go back and listen to the Thursday show if you want to hear a little bit about some of the analysis of the armies that were brought, right? Oh, man, not the floating head again. Um <laughs> Secondly, or thirdly, I suppose, bear with us for a little while on the podcast feed. I think it's fixed now, but as of yesterday slash this morning, the podcasts were catching up on the Apple feed on Frontline Gaming, the, the website, and, and just in general in a few places. LSO kind of spread everybody's yeah. commitments Tur a little Turns thin. out when you send your, your team in charge of all that um, to go you know, stream an event, things fall apart maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so somebody, so first of all, Casey confirms that yes, it is indeed a Dark Eldar witch surfing. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, Shelbert is not on Seth's team. Kelsey, unfortunately, I will not be traveling to Las Vegas, mostly because after this wedding, I'm going to be so broke. Um, and then lastly, Bompering asks if we are going to release a full bracket of the tournament, or is that up somewhere already? Uh, does that mean the results of the tournament? Yeah, yeah. Let I us know what you're talking about. Are you talking yeah. about like the results of LSO or, or what? Yeah. I if would you assume provide... he's talking about LSO. Yes. If it's LSO, do we have a, a list of the standings from LSO? I I can pull that up uh, very shortly, cool. um, but why don't we we hold that for the the competitive section because that is something I probably will hit on there. For sure. And then lastly, I'm not, I checked to see if there were really any huge upcoming things for um, Thursday, the Thursday show to cover. I didn't see any. I could be mistaken. So if you guys have any GTs that you're aware of, holla in the chat and I'll try and give them a shout out. Um, but otherwise, uh, I guess, Seth, do you have any thoughts about anything going on event wise or shall we move into our tabletop talk for today? I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on LSO, um, but I think we'll save that till till we get into the, the competitive update because that is part of, of that discussion. Perfect. And that's when we can give Bompering his his request for perhaps some list of standings yep. uh, of, of LSO. Excellent. Awesome. So thank you guys for being here. Um, and I just wanted to talk about a little bit something that I've been thinking about for the past week or so, especially given some stuff that's come up with Blizzard. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the lawsuit against Blizzard slash Activision in this past week, go check the news. It's pretty bananas and really damning. Um, but mostly that led me to want to talk a little about mental health. And instead of t trending it towards kind of a darker direction, um, I would like to talk about how 40K or any other kind of Warhammer slash Games Workshop game has helped you 
perhaps get past some anxiety, perhaps get past depression? How has it helped you, you know, keep going? What is your favorite part of it? What, what brings you some sense of release? Because I know considering my own level of anxiety for the past few weeks and Seth's, uh, tendency to apparently have an anaphylactic reaction to some allergies, perhaps 40k and other hobbies have provided us with a little bit more relief than usual. Um, most definitely. And so first, you know, giving you guys just a little bit of background to think about this. We're not I'm not just talking about painting. I'm not just talking about playing. I'm talking about people who find the assembly of these models delightful, even though it's frustrating. Sometimes seeing the finished product of this awesome plastic thing that was once on a bunch of different sprues is really satisfying. Maybe it's the lore. Maybe you love just reading about all of this. Maybe putting yourself in that place provides you with a great escape. Maybe listening to it on an audiobook, just in general, diving into another world the same way somebody else may like an MMO or something, for example. Um, of course, you could find some enjoyment in painting and playing, and maybe you enjoy going to tournaments to challenge yourself, see your friends, find that community, and step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And personally, to me, the best part of Warhammer slash Games Workshop slash miniature games, period, is that for most of these, you can participate in only the aspects that you want. There is no rule that says, you know, go, you, you have to uh oh games uh -oh. um in she's general back. she's back oh did i freeze yeah right there at the end oh dear okay well there's no hard or fast rule that says you have to participate in any particular aspect of this hobby you can pick the parts that you want if you happen to enjoy all of it fantastic um anyways that's just me kind of going on a miniature rant about why i particularly love this hobby and everything about uh, 40k AOS, even my little Dungeons and Dragons miniatures. Uh, and I wanted to ask you guys, for <laughs> L. Miller points out there is a rule that says you have to be painted. Uh, that's fair, Miller. I guess what I mean is you don't necessarily have to do the painting yeah. if you don't want to. Um, so I kind of wanted to toss this to Seth a little bit and to you guys who are watching. What part of the hobby do you enjoy most? Um, and tell us a little bit, maybe if you're feeling up to it about how it's helped you and I'll keep an eye on the chat and maybe Seth can field this question. And then I've got a few other comments to make, but I just kind of wanted to open this up as a discussion to tell us about like how this hobby has brought you some sense of happiness. Yeah, I, I would be delighted because, um, I'll, I'll open up a bit here for, for everyone. Uh, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. Um, my, my, my work life is Shelby knows all this, by the way, everyone. This is not going to be news of Shelby. Shelby and I are good friends. Shelby and I hang out a bunch. So this is more for you, the listeners, less for, for Shelby. But my work is very stressful. Um, I'm, I have a very demanding job that requires me to, to balance a lot of different aspects at the university, balance a lot of competing personalities. Um, and it, it frequently keeps me on call for upwards of 20, 25 days a, a month. Um, so I don't get a lot of time guaranteed to myself um, that I can do what I want. Um, and for me, it's it's been a very difficult couple of years. Um, work's been really stressful. I've, I've had less and less control over my daily work life. Um, and I'm very much a person, and, and Shelby is 
welcome to chime in on this, but I'm very uh, much want to have a plan and be in control of things. Um, that is that is kind of how I run shows when we do shows like this. I'm always like, hey, 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 we need to do X, Y, and Z. That's my personality. And so losing that type of control really spins me out of control. So I, I absolutely love in terms of a regular stress relief building and painting models like building models to me is probably the most relaxing thing because i'm i'm need to be active with my hands a lot and and my job takes away a lot of that activity um when when i'm trying to teach i can't do the thing i have to let the student do the thing and and verbally coach them on how to do it but i can't do it so i get a lot of that pent-up energy so building or painting are both great ways for me to kind of release that energy it's also a great way for me to get my mind to kind of downshift from the stress of the day. If there was something that was bothering me to just kind of put that to the side, turn a TV show on and for an hour, I'm just gonna focus on this task. I'm gonna accomplish that task and, and I'm gonna be happy with the result at the end. Um, and there's no deadlines to this kind of stuff. You know, if I, do, if I wanna paint for an hour and I get done when I get done, great. If I don't have something done in time, I'll write a different list for the event. Um, I also really enjoy tournaments not so much for the challenging myself because I can I can find ways to challenge myself with video games, um, and I enjoy the the tabletop aspect of 40k uh, more than I enjoy video games. But it forces me to leave and break my routine where I'm here uh, working as hard as I do. So it forces me to step away from that life. It forces me to just not live in that world of veterinary medicine and, and academia and go live a different life. And that's also why I like for, for me, part of my hobby is doing this is, is podcasting. It's, uh, you know, doing these video streams, it's helping with events. It, it makes me do something else that I, I find, uh, value in, and that helps, you know, kind of reaffirm my confidence in myself. Thank you for sharing that, Seth. I, I know that I, f I feel like I know most of that, like in the abstract, but now I, I feel like I know it a little bit, a little bit more. Like I knew this meant a lot to you, um, but it's different to hear you articulate exactly why. And I appreciate you guys in the chat who have been sharing a little bit about why uh, it's important to you and what may be most important about it to you. Wolf Priest Jarl, for example, says that unfortunately most of the models don't taste good. And he's also taken uh, a stab at suggesting that you're a professional assassin perhaps Seth no, uh, which, which drives your stress no uh, I think you you said later that it was it was indeed veterinary yeah, medicine I'm, I'm, I'm a veterinarian I teach it at a university <laughs> um, Let's take all the mystique away I think John Quinnell I'm pretty sure it's hey John Q and I'm gonna assume that that's that's John Quinnell, although it might not be. Um, I'm a very introverted antisocial person and 40K has allowed me to meet friends and connect with great people as well as allow me to de-stress de by building amazing models Um as someone new to the hobby, it's awesome to feel welcomed into a community. Uh, a head rush as I got back into 40K in 2011 uh, as an outlet to take my mind off an extremely toxic work situation. Uh, picked up Assault on Blackreach and some paints, gave it a go 10 years later. Still works wonders. Um, yeah. Casey and the Gib both kind of hit on the same point, which is seeing a finished product that is yours and yours alone is so extremely satisfying, uh, especially if somebody says something nice about it, right? Like for me, it's it's great to complete a model and finish painting that model. But when you put it on a table and somebody stops for a second, maybe at your local store or at a tournament or whatever to go, man, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Did you paint that? And you get to go, yeah, I sure did. Even though at most tournaments lately, what I've had to do is go, I absolutely did not. My friend Seth over there did though. <laughs> um, 
it's a it's a really great feeling. Um, so I I am in a very very similar sort of a vein, the hobby aspect of this, the painting, the building, uh, letting my mind wander somewhere else and focus on something else is, is a great relief. But I think it's the all encompassing aspect of this hobby that it, 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 you can go out and catch a game. You can go to a big tournament and have a reason to travel. You can put it together. You can paint it, whatever makes it to me an extremely unique hobby that while occasionally frustrating, I will probably never want to give up. It's different. It's different in every way than just video gaming, right? Like I play a ton of video games. That is an entirely different and in my opinion, less satisfying hobby than something like Warhammer 40k or Age of Sigmar or, or something to that effect. Um, I appreciate you guys all sharing. Yeah. So Casey, also the gaming aspect, being able to play a close and smart, well-played game. That's awesome. Um, Another aspect of this that I've loved is, so I, I just started working part-time just for funsies at a local gaming store that opened up here in the middle of Alabama, where previously there was no gaming store. And I thought to myself, I don't even know if there's going to be a Warhammer community. Like I know Seth lives near me and that, you know, we could play 40k, but I didn't expect really to see a lot of people come out. Soar has been open for three months and we started an escalation league that has 18 players in it now, most of which who have started 40k or have only been playing 40k for like in the past year. And it's just been so amazing to watch. They feel like they have a place to go, to hang out, to make friends, find people who are like-minded and really into this sort of thing. And just overall, I wanted to take a little while to wax poetic about what this hobby has done for me and how awesome it is to have made the amazing friends that I have. And that honestly, I have, I have a lot of anxiety and depression that requires some medications unsurprisingly. And I know that you guys aren't like most of y'all probably aren't that different. And so it's a helpful reminder to think if, if you feel awkward or anxious about going to any of these tournaments about taking a step out of your comfort zone, just remind yourself that at least like, Statistically, one in four people are suffering from the same sort of thing that you are. So just remind yourself of that. There is no stigma about that in this community. And I appreciate that. For sure. Uh, Hudig, I wish I had that feeling, but I get stressed from building the models. I feel that so hard. It's so frustrating when you can't get it just right. Uh, I mean, that's, and, and, and that's, I think the beauty of what you say when you have to engage in the parts that you, you like, and you don't have to do the rest, you can pay someone to build a model. If it really is not contributing positively to your mental health, you don't need to do it. You can pay someone else to do that. Or pay even somebody. you maybe even need to paint it, pay somebody. Like if it's something that's not really in your budget, maybe you have a good friend of yours like this guy that doesn't mind, like just finds it so relaxing. They're yeah. willing to just do it for you. Right. Um, it, it hopefully cost doesn't have to be a barrier for a lot of this for you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Can Thank I you hop guys. in real quick? Um, Captain please. Athanos asks, are you an AB or SASC? I have no idea what that means. Is that a vet thing? I don't think so. I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I am in neither one of, of the Canadian locations of Alberta or Saskatchewan. I'm in Alabama. Uh, Sorry, in Richard. Richard chimed in for that one. Thank yeah. you, omnipotent Richard, because we weren't sure what that might mean. Oh, man. But um, yeah. So thank you guys for listening to us rant for a little bit about that. If yeah. you uh, ever want to talk about this stuff, you can always feel free to hit me up on just normal social media, or you can send them some questions of Frontline Gaming. Happy to field those as well. Um, 
holla in the chat if you have anything else you'd like to chime in with. Otherwise, thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. And what we can do now is move on to the competitive stuff. Yeah. The real hard stuff. Let's go. So uh, kind of two points I wanted to hit. Um, the first is is kind of an update. Um, before, well, I'll, I'll leave that actually for when we get into the, the competitive track rankings. But let's talk about uh, should the ORC Codex be legal? Hmm. Um, so right now, in terms of like what's out in the world, the ORC Codex came out in the Beast Snaggle Box only. The only way to get that codex was through the Beast Snaggle Box. Now, yes, you can go on to eBay and, and, and buy them. Or if you have a friend like me that bought it, a bunch of times to get a bunch of the models and they're selling off the codexes to friends. You can, you can find it through that means. Um, but it's rumored that the, the standalone codex is not going to come out until October. Um, uh, which we're talking about like three months away from now. That's a long time. Um, in the same vein, the, the codes in the beast snaga version of the codex do not activate the rules into the app. They will not activate the new rules until the codex is released. That has been GW statement. So, you can't buy a digital code from someone and, and unlock the rules in your app. Um, it's also very likely that we will not see an FAQ for this codex until the main codex releases and everything is available for everyone. New models have also been introduced in this particular codex. Um, thinking about things like the uh, beast bosses on Squigasaurs uh, and the kill rigs, um, we don't have those in hand. We're working from pictures in the book, trying to figure out the appropriate scale. So we don't know exactly how big those models are. And, and that makes it difficult, particularly for judges and TOs, to determine what an appropriate conversion is or an appropriate proxy in this scenario would be. So GW themselves has said the, the new ORC codex is not legal at Orlando because the main codex will not be widely available by Orlando. So I wanted to throw the question out is, do we as a community not use that codex for three months while we wait for its wide release? Oh, Shelby, I mean, my, don't, my, don't, don't worry about my feelings. I know it's not your feelings. I'm, I'm just trying to think like my gut says ap like it absolutely shouldn't be. Uh, just considering, I mean, like, I'm sure that a lot of folks got the boxes, mm -hmm. but there may also be a lot of folks such as yourselves who bought up multiple of the boxes. Um, and I'm sure you're finding a way to get those codexes to the, to, like you just said, you're, you're selling the codexes online or whatever that you don't necessarily need. I am, I did not know that the codes don't own codex in the app. That kind mm -hmm. of makes me really upset. Um, they, they said that the code will give you the rules when they release the full codex. Like, yeah, but like it'll work then, but not right now. Uh, like, I, I don't think, I don't think physically there are enough copies of the codex in existence currently to like, in good conscience, let it be run in tournaments. That's, I just don't think so. And, and the flip side of the argument is the codex is widely available online through not necessarily legal sources. Um, if you are so driven, you can find the full rules in this codex. They are out there. Um, and you can find the actual book, not just like the uh, leaks we got out of the app. So yeah. it's out there. So, but that's something that I think just we as a community need to think about. Sure. I uh, mean, I would love the, to run the full book right now. Yeah. We are going to run it at Charity Hammer, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that, um, you know, if, if you go to a local event and they say, hey, no, you can't use that until the full book comes out. 
so K.R. Quinn does point out that they definitely did that with the Sisters Codex. Not not that they um, didn't allow it, but they totally allowed the Sisters Codex, even though that was a limited release and it was only available in the box. I don't remember how long after that the actual full codex was mm -hmm. released, but I'm pretty sure it was a hot minute. So like, do we just follow the lead there? Like, do we think that's just going to happen again because we've seen it happen before? You know? Yeah, and, and the other thing to remember is there's not a definitive statement from GW by when the codex will be out. They just said it will be out shortly, just not in time for, so it might be, you know, Magic August and August it comes out and this is <laughs> right. like a moot point, you know, but it, it could be longer. So that's just something that we need to think about as a community. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good question. Good food for thought. Yep. So uh, let's get into our ITC recap. Um, so for uh, this week, the 40K standings have had some changes, but they have not received the update for LSO yet. Um, so you'll see that number five is James Kelling. Number four is Brad Chester. Number three is John Lennon. Number two is Mark Hurdle. Um, like I've been saying for the last few weeks, Mark is going to ma start making some movement here. He's a strong Admec player. He won a GT this past weekend. That hopped him up there a good bit. And then Sean Naden is in number one. Now, uh, some people may have noticed that Sean Naden on uh, Monday, I believe, made a post stating that his he played his list inappropriately at LSO by playing the wrong units for to the last um, due to a, a mathematical error in his list. The list itself was still mathematically legal uh, with the correct points. It was still legal, but he played it wrong. So he voluntarily DQ'd himself from that event. Oh, I did not um, see that. There is not any official statement from Frontline Gaming at this point, but it's pretty safe to assume that if a, a player publicly asks to DQ himself, he's probably not going to get any points for that event. Um, so extrapolating, if John Lennon, who did win the event, gets uh, those points in, it looks to net him about 60 points in his score um, based off dropping his lowest score and, and getting something a bit higher um, based off the points we saw Brad Chester get for ACO. Um, 60 points. John Lennon right now is a 12-16. Sean Naden, if he getting no more new points because he's he's going to get a zero from this event, is a 12-83. It looks like we'll see John hop up to second place and bump Mark down to third. Um, and Sean's still going to hold on to that top spot for now. So um, that's just something to kind of keep your your uh, eyes on as we go uh, throughout the, the season. Um, into the hobby track. So we have number five is Rick Hill. Number four is a name I want all of you to watch, uh, Marshall Peterson. I had the pleasure of playing Marshall at uh, ACO, and Marshall Peterson had a dream run, Shelby. The man made it to the semifinals, a.k.a. round eight of the Lone Star Open with close combat Necrons. What? All right. So yes. spoiler alert for everybody who watches, and I'm pretty sure you already know this. I don't keep up with this stuff, almost cursed <laughs> again. Uh, but uh, now, now I will. He What's was running name? a Scorp Tech Lord, Marshall Just Peterson. Very nice guy. Right and here. he's a snappy dresser wearing a nice cardigan in Texas in July. It sounds like my kind of person to meet. Let's but very go. nice guy. So, but he ran like Scorp Tech Lords and Lich Guard and Immortals and a Satan and and some Scarabs. Like, yeah, you should check him out. He he was a, a, a class I have act. those things. I have you those do. things. You do. You do. Hope remains. Um, <laughs> number three, well, back on track here, is Noah Bedham. Number two, JT Steger. And number one, the illustrious Lee Harris with his beautiful night army. Oh, wait. So that, so sorry. That was for the hobby track. Now I've got to <laughs> see if I can find pictures of Marshall's army. That way I can see yeah. how pretty it is. Marshall, Marshall, send us pictures of your army, buddy. We would yeah. like that. 
Num- All right, moving on to AOS hobby track or competitive track. We actually have movement in the competitive track. Yay! Oh, we got the success. Lone Star score opens. Uh, Lone Star open scores are in. Um, AOS 3.0 is out in the wild. People are playing it. So we've got a new number five. That's Gavin Greiger. Number four is Ramon Silva. Number three, Nicholas Branham. Number two is Tranthony... Or- Anthony Trantinelli <laughs> getting bumped down Sorry. from one spot. Sorry, Anthony. And number one is No Aquino. Now, let's flip over to Hobby Track, where you might see some familiar names. Number five is Matt Abbott, but we have had some new scores put in. Number four, Will Reeves. Number three, Chris Hernandez. Number two, Scott Reed. And number one in both Hobby Track and Competitive Track, No Aquino. But you'll guys notice. You guys will notice there's not a, a thousand weights high for the hobby track anymore. It's mostly just tied for fifth. Isn't but, that great? But it looks like no is, is kind of just leading the pack because he has three scores as compared to everyone else. So still plenty of room for movement in these rankings. Um, very, very much possible that we'll see these changing rapidly. Um, I now, suspect we will now that third edition is out 100%. Yes. So now we do have some pictures from the Lone Star Open of the winning army for best painted. You ready for the Shelby? It's Tau. I don't think, yeah, I was about to say, I don't think anybody is like super thrilled about this. But it's very pretty Tau. I, I, I'm always liking blue greens. Um, that's, oh, yeah. that's like, I, you'll note most of my army is blue or green or a variant thereof. Yeah. Um, so I like it. Um, he's got some really just awesome kind of OSL lighting work here on no all of his gorgeous. suits. Oh, um, and he has a really good blue. And I kind of like that contrast of that silver. Um, or that kind of like metallic gray. I don't, I, it's kind of hard to tell from the pictures. Look yeah. at the, the work you did with oh, the, basing. the basing. That red, Those that red, red really, yep, that red really pops, really gives it a good contrast. So um, this was a really sweet looking army. I can totally see why this, uh, this, this nab, the, the best painted. It's very pretty. It's, it's very, very pretty, pretty indeed. See, look All at that right. up close camera work. Thank you, whoever Beautiful. took these pictures Beautiful. at LSO. I imagine probably some FLG staff. Thank probably you. kicker. Hopefully kicker. Probably. Oh, um, so let's get into the rapid fire segment. Now we didn't have a ton of questions submitted this week and we're, we're down a kicker. So this would be an excellent opportunity for anyone in the chat to ask some questions if they have them live. So, um, Shelby, we'll, we'll do our best to, to get through the ones we've got and then we will get into some of the listener ones. So Shelby, Sam from South Carolina asks, what's next big event? Are you ready? Are you getting ready for, uh, other than my wedding? Uh, you guys are getting tired of hearing that at this point. I imagine. I'm so sorry. I will not well, stop after talking next about week, it until you won't it's have done. To hear about it. Yep. Nobody will have to hear about it literally ever. Uh, ever? Oh gosh, math is hard. Um, gosh, I don't think I have a huge event until October. I signed up for the New Orleans yeah. Open. Gosh, that's months. so far from now. Plenty of time yeah. for you to master Marshall's close combat. Yes, yes, plenty of time. Um, We know that you're getting ready for Charity Hammer. That's that's your next big thing. Next week, I will be flying right after the show. Excellent. So let's go ahead and skip the question for you, Seth. John from Pasadena asks very specifically, what should I get to start a Tau army? Now, I know what John submitted this. Um, It's Salty John. Um, But (laughs) uh, I would say, jokingly, if you want to play Tau, the first thing you need to acquire is a thick skin. Um, because there's going to be a lot of people that just give you crap for play and towel because that's what they do. Now, that being said, right now, the strong builds are mostly focused around uh, small units of breachers and fire warriors in transports like Devilfish, 
and then large blocks of crisis suits that are kind of buffed to the nines. Um, Farsight's a good thing to acquire. So I think that start collecting box comes with like three crisis suits, mm -hmm. 10 fire warriors or breachers and an ethereal. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, those are, that's actually one of the start collecting boxes that I think you actually use everything out of. Um, I have a Tau army, shameful I know. Um, it hasn't seen the table in quite some time, but I do have one. And I've, I do remember when that start collecting box came out, I was like, that's actually pretty doing good. I might just grab that. It's pretty spicy. Yeah. So Shelby, Yarp. Uh, if I can find which one, there we go. Uh, Chad from Georgia asks, what sort of pre-event ritual do you have to do? Uh, I, I, I know what her ritual is. What is it? It's Starbucks. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's just like, I just have to get coffee. Like that's, I don't know if that's a ritual. Actually, I guess it is kind of. I haven't gone a single morning at an event with either finding a Starbucks, driving to a Starbucks, walking to a Starbucks, uh, pretty much any of the above. Yeah, that's fair. That is definitely a ritual. I also drink uh, usually, oh, I guess I've kind of picked up Jeff's ritual of having to paint at least two or three models before every single event uh, to know... At, not failing yet. Yep. That's definitely been it so far. Painting before yep. every yep. single event or yep. making you paint before every single event. Um, I think we have enough time. Do you have anything, Seth? No, Any sort I, of rituals? I didn't. Oh, oh, rituals. Yeah. Um, I, and again, this goes back to my, my control issues. I very much want to get to the venue early. So yeah. I have time to set up my cart, get my army arranged how I want to get all my bits and bobs and dice and whatever, and just get that set. And then I can, chill and you'll see me do that after every game too i like i'll go back to my cart and i've got to rearrange everything and then my mind can be like okay i'm ready for the next game i can relax and be like oh hey what's up how's it going you know talk to my friends um but yeah shelby shelby knows my like shelby shelby we have to go we have to get to the event right now i yeah. need to set up myself and you're like it's yeah. three hours till the event Seth. <laughs> It's fine. We keep each other balanced. I get you there not so early that it's ridiculous and you get me there on time, which is a great, great goal. Um, a few of you. So I see at least one, one question in a few comments. So yeah. some funny comments include, uh, well, not funny, but thank, thank you. Hey, John, for saying thank you for Shelby for talking about mental health and sharing our struggles and journey. You're very welcome. Uh, it's very important to just like make sure people normalize yeah. discussing that stuff. Uh, K.R. Quinn says, you'll win the wedding at least guaranteed. That's, I hope so. <laughs> if I lose the wedding somehow, that means things have gone horribly awry. Um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm more concerned now. Okay. Uh, Wolf Priest Jarl says, I thought Reese destroyed the Tau. Or excuse me, he, Reese. He tried. Reeseo Re mm -hmm. destroyed the Tau. Oh, Reese man. is a mild-mannered uh, businessman in Nevada. Uh, no relation. Fair enough. Uh, and then Casey has some marriage advice. Make sure somebody, including maid of honor or best man, secures a meal instead of allowing the groomsmen to eat all of my food while I am taking pictures. That is such a good call and so likely to actually happen. I will 100%. Shelby, can I add to that particular tip? Yes, please. Uh, because my wife and I did have someone kind of prepackage our meals because we weren't going to have a chance to eat at the venue. Um, we made one mistake, which was we forgot to take the meals with us. Oh gosh! So so don't make that mistake. Okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. Actually, take the boxes of food. Yes, good, yes. good call. Because otherwise, otherwise you do what we did and you get Burger King after your wedding. <laughs> yeah, we but see, that so makes tired. such a delightful story. But yes, that's the story delightful. of my wedding. Is, 
quote unquote. Uh, we'll, we'll swap <laughs> stories when it won't stress you out. Thank you. Uh, Creator Gator actually has a question, which is, which would we prefer? A dragon for a few different factions in AOS, I imagine, like Order and Chaos, or dragons as their own entire faction? I know my answer. Seth, go first. I just, I, I think if you give it to every faction, it kind of loses some of the, the mystique of having the dragon on the table. So I, I say kind of have just a few factions. You know, let's, it'd be like if, if every, you know, faction got giant stompy robots in 40K. Meh. Like then it, they lose the mystique when you put it on the table. If you told me there was an option to play a faction of entirely dragons, all of which were as well sculpted as the dragons they just announced, I would sell everything I have right now and buy all of those dragons. Uh, I will play an army of dragons. 100%. <laughs> Are you saying you're the mother of dragons? No, I'm not. I'm not. We're not. That was such a bad, bad reference. Bad reference, Seth. Anyways, thanks for our quasi rapid fire. Not really rapid fire. I'm just kidding. It was a, it was a fine reference. It was a Seth. delight. Yeah, it was, it was a delight. All um, right. Cool. Good no, stuff. Thank you guys for this adventure, this romp through the woods. Let's wrap this one up, Shelby. So don't Got forget it. Friday noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll get your SoCal tickets online. Get them while you can. FLG events are selling out like crazy. If you want them, grab them. Um, don't forget to check out uh, all the exciting stuff tomorrow on the Thursday show. Um, and then the whole cycle begins again next week on the FLGN. So stay tuned for, uh, I, I believe actually John plugged that Marshall Peterson will be on Grim After Dark next week. So if you want to you know more, learn more about Marshall, check him out there. I mean, hopefully he'll sport a fancy cardigan. Um, final thoughts on this week, Shelby. Uh, I want it to be over. Is it it'll Sunday be over. Yet? It'll be over soon enough. Don't you worry. Okay. Okay. And then okay. you can breathe. We got this. It's fine. Thank you guys seriously for joining us and, and being so active in the chat. That was that was pretty fantastic. I appreciate y'all. Well, until next time, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Fairly well. <laughs>